johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We are back with another edition of Sports Insider Radio 322-23. Sounds like a lottery number, Mike. 322-23. If you live in Las Vegas, you can get in the car and drive four hours to the border and play that lottery number because you can't play the lottery in Vegas. But let's talk about one thing before we get talking about the NFL and March Madness. Mike? What am I known for in this industry? Tell everybody what I'm known for. The baseball underdogs. And what is my record this season as of right now? 1-0. 1-0 for all the listeners. Japan plus the 120 against Mike Trout's USA team. It has nothing to do with not being patriotic. The World Baseball Classic is an indication of what's yet to come, which is, I'm going to say it again, for literally the eighth or ninth year on the radio. If you bet favorites in baseball, you're going to lose. End of story. The only way to profit in baseball is with totals. And I'm not saying that you're going to lose if you're a wise guy, or if you're a sharp, if you're like my buddy Troy, who we had on a couple of weeks ago in Summerlin, that bets one or two favorites a week. Oh, yeah, you can spot play and you can win. But if you're going to be wagering on baseball seven days a week and you're going to be predominantly making based on the starting pitcher, you're going to lose. So, again, did not watch the game. Check the score at the end of the game. Put up a buck. One back, 120. In some places, it actually went up to 125, 130 at post. So that's all I wanted to say about baseball as we are now eight days away from regular season. Usually baseball starts in the first week of April. This year, Mike, it starts March 30th, and today is March 22nd. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very exciting part of the year for me. Um, it's really the only system that I have designed for, what, this is the fifth year now. And I just feel like, you know, the tinkering with it over the years and, and some clients, literally I have a couple clients that have, have been with me since the beginning because they trust the, the effort. They trust the, the work that I put into it. 
So, and I remember through the years I say, look, we're, we're changing gears. We're going to tinker with this thing until we get it right. And last year was by far the most profitable year. I mean, obviously for the new listeners that have never heard before or how it operates, the short version is I take only overs. It doesn't actually start until there's enough pitching rotations because I use starting pitchers. ERAs is one of the, the metrics for the system. So I can't start off doing it the first week of baseball. Um, I need data. It's really the only sport where it's so data-driven and there's so much volume that you could be very successful if you stick to the data because it plays such a big role with new pitchers. It's like, think of it like this. In an average game, a starting pitcher at, on average lasts about four and a half, five innings. So if you're just taking a favorite, like you said, well, it's like Tom Brady not playing the fourth quarter. It makes absolutely no sense. You're handicapping. If you're going to bet favorites and you want to stick to that, you might as well. The only way you should ever bet a favorite is the first five. If you're going to bet it for the game, you're talking about a relief. The guys that are pitching for an inning, for two innings max, they're coming in situa- situational style pitching to get over, you know, the, the left-handers in the lineup. There's a lot of strategy that goes into MLB inside the game. But you don't know who's going to be available. You don't know how the game is going to play out. So you're, you're basically taking a guess on how the relievers are going to be inputted into that lineup. So I'm, I'm with you. You cannot bet favorites in baseball and be successful. We have shown this for many years. But with the overs model, it has to have data. I have a lot of different check marks that I have to hit before I select an over in the game, and that's it. So at the end of the day, I know the things that are a variable for me every day are obviously one of which is biometric pressure, which is how the ball is going to carry out of the park. Obviously, when we get into the hotter months. Um, the golf ball or your baseball? No, not the golf ball, the baseball. And it's still with the golf ball as well. In the summer months, the ball carries further. Um, when you play. So you're claiming in, that you play better in the summer? No, I just say the ball goes further. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it goes both ways. You just have to account for it. I know what clubs to hit in the wintertime for distance rather than the summer because the ball is just going to carry further. You're going to compress the ball a lot better in the heat versus compressing it in the winter, which is much harder to do. Same thing with baseball. When there's humidity, the ball is going to carry different than it if you're playing in Colorado where the over-under is always 11.5, where everywhere else it's 7.5, 8.5. It's a huge, it's right. a big, big difference. Same thing when you're playing out in Arizona. It's different than if you're playing in Miami, which Miami is obviously a park, so it doesn't matter as much with the humidity, but places like Baltimore, here at Camden Yards, when it's hot in the summer and it's very humid, that takes the air out of the ball. The air is not as thin. So there's a lot of factors that go into it with weather, unlike any other sport. Yeah, in football, it matters a little bit when it's raining and they try to lower the over-under, but at the end of the day, it doesn't affect it as much. It's, it's a little bit clearer with baseball, with the weather. And then you have to know which 
relievers are going to be available for you to actually take it, take on the metrics. And then obviously the bats and how I actually rate the average, you know, run scored for the game well, based on the history of the actual players in that particular lineup. So that's really exactly. the short version. And for the, the listeners that have not played baseball, we have a lot of clients that just started playing because of the states they have went legal, let's say, in January. Let's go actually through some real core numbers because I'm a numbers freak when it comes to baseball. Um, Mike, the most profitable, I'm not going to ask questions. I'm going to tell the listeners, write this down, guys. When you're, let, Let's talk about early standings. Houston is favored to win the World Series, followed by Atlanta followed by the Yankees and the Dodgers. So it's the four horsemen in order early. Houston, number one, Atlanta, number two, Yankees, number three, Dodgers, number four. Now, if I scroll all the way down to the bottom, the four horsemen at the bottom, the, the number fifth, the number fourth team, the worst team, the three, actually they're all even, the three worst teams projected in baseball will be the Washington Nationals, the Oakland Athletics, the Colorado Rockies, and the runner, and actually those are the three worst. I'm not going to even talk about the other ones. Washington, Oakland, and Colorado. So you have three teams at the bottom, Washington, Oakland, and Colorado, and you have four teams at the top, Houston, Atlanta, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. What that means, if you're listening, I just gave you an easy, free system on how to make money betting this year. You fade the top four teams whenever they lay huge prices. You fade Houston. You fade Atlanta. You fade the Yankees. You fade the Dodgers. You take Washington. You take Oakland. You take Colorado. Because you're going to get huge prices on those teams where they're going to have a, a non-winning percentage and they're going to make you an absolute fortune. If we go back to last season, the number one most profitable team by a long shot was only four games over 500. They were 83 and 79 Baltimore Orioles. If you bet $100 on every game the entire season, you were up $2,501. You were up 25 units because as a underdog, they were 60 and 67, 127 games as an underdog. And as a favorite, they were only a favorite, Mike, 28 times last year. And they actually had a winning record. They were 18 and 10 as a favorite. So one of the also tricks for free handicapping, I'm giving out some little, because I've given out some baseball love is, when the teams at the bottom are favorites, they're probably good favorites if the prices are short enough. Because if Washington, Oakland, and Colorado at the bottom of the barrel, and they actually make those teams a favorite, usually it means whoever they're playing is really equally as bad. So these are little tips and tricks. The worst team, um, the team that cost people uh, a lot of money last year, uh, especially... I'm looking at the worst performing team was the Miami. Uh, let me see here. It was Miami. They, you lost, they were, they, you lost $2,491. And the reason why is they had, they were a favorite 
more times than they were a dog. So even you can't win when the team is predominantly a favorite. When you look at some of these teams and you go back and you look at the season and you look at favorite versus dog, Oakland Athletics, uh, you would think at 60 and 102, Mike, you'd be down 40 units. You actually weren't. You were down 11 units. You were down $1,100 with a team that lost 42 more games than they won. Why is that? They were only a favorite 17 times. And so, therefore, when the majority of the odds set on that horrible team, Oakland, which is now at the bottom of the barrel again, you're going to find really good value when they're getting stupid prices like 250 300 even 400 I think $400 underdogs last year were something like 80%. So that's another free one. Anytime you can get... 350 or more, you just automatically bet it. Now, a lot of people that are new to this, they don't understand this. They're looking at the teams that are going to probably be in the World Series or in, in the run for it. You always have some sleepers. Why is it that the teams with the winning records produce no profits? It's because they're always favorites. And you just, it's too hard in football and in basketball to overcome 10 cents. How are you going to overcome average odds of 40, 50? 60 cents. So remember this, guys. The, 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 the win-loss record of the team means less than zero. It means less than zero. The White Sox were 81-81 and 81 last year. Second in the AL Central, Mike. You lost 16 units on that team. Why? Because they were a favorite 105 times. Stay away from the teams, which are good, because they're always laying favored prices. If you want to find out how to access our services, as always, you can send a, you can call us here at the office. You can, uh, you know, you, you can reach out to Mike on Instagram. Like I said, my job is to get people off the chalk side in baseball. I'm passionate about it. And just like I've indicated with my almost 200 units in my underdog system in basketball and in football, you know, the numbers don't lie. I'm 40% in basketball, 42.2%, up 196 units. Now, we're off the baseball train. I'm 1-0 in baseball with well, Japan. No, no, Japan. not yet. That's something to add Go. to that. Go something ahead. to add to that. Just for the listeners, this is, this is where it gets tricky. What John said is absolutely true. Um, but what you want to – and this is something that is going to be very hard for the average better – without a guy that's really intertwined with, with the baseball model to understand is the key to make money in baseball on the dog side is you have to find the Baltimore Orioles of 2023. The Baltimore right. Orioles going into last year were not supposed to perform. They weren't even supposed to be in the top at any point. They were supposed to be at the bottom of the division with an absolute horrendous roster. So but that early means in the you season, have to find the Baltimore Orioles that are a team that's 90% of the time they're dogs. Not even the dogs, but you expect them to be dog prices for most of the season, but you want a team that's you want to find the team that's in the bottom 10 from last year and expect them to be somewhere in the middle this year. That's how you make money with baseball. It's not the fine those bottom teams and stick to them. Yeah, you'll make a little bit of money, but it's to find the Baltimore Orioles. And that's where 
our data-driven systems and watching and seeing the AAA teams come up and seeing the farm system of guys that basically, because there's not an NFL draft, a lot of people don't have much of an opinion in baseball. They don't have an opinion like they do with NFL football where everybody thinks they know everything and, and they still can't win. It's knowing the farm system coming up, knowing those young guys that are going to be making an appearance in the big leagues, seeing those pitchers that are going to, going to have starts but don't have any ERA from last year, and then making, making a decision to stick to that team for the majority of the season so you're going to get that dog pricing over and over again. And it doesn't matter about them losing when you're getting plus 180, plus 190. They don't have to win all the time for you to make money when you're getting those type of odds. And eventually, midway through the season, those odds do adjust. The odds makers always adjust. But the bottom line is if you're finding that value and you have that input early in the season and you stick to betting that team literally no matter what, for the whole season, that's how you can make a lot of money. Kind of well, we were very lucky last year because I had an inside track to the Orioles. You know, I'm a baseball nut. Um, I had a friend that actually was on the staff for many years. He's no longer on the staff anymore. He was one of uh, he did scouting tapes for the pitchers, and he told me a lot of those guys that we signed that were number one overall picks, like our catcher. Uh, we had a really good reliever that we let go last year. Guys that were nobodies before last year who they believe would have a decent season with no-name guys. And knowing that, being that it's close to home, I was able to run with that for the entire season and gave you the input, and we ran those overs over and over and over again, and you ran your dogs all season long. And I mean, I couldn't tell you how many of my customers that are excited for baseball because this is the time where they're not sitting by their phones, watching March Madness. They're not taking time away from family activities on the weekends and watching NFL and college football. This is strictly to make a profit. They don't care about the team. They don't care about watching the games. They check in from time to time. A lot of times I don't even get a text till the following morning. Good job. Good job. You know, there's no like, nightly like sometimes we get a lot of these clients where literally midway through the game they've already made decided win or lose that the game is gonna that's gonna be the end result and then they have a typical gonzaga buzzer beater for no reason that gonzaga doesn't get the cover i had guys literally and i'll, I'll be honest with you, i had gonzaga on sunday and i had guys literally texting me five minutes left Cong- good job I don't even respond because I know better. There's no such thing as a good job. You don't respond. I don't. E- I didn't even know about it till eight hours later. But listen, real quick before we get we get involved with Randy is on the line. Let's let's. I want to. You said the bottom ten teams, Mike. Do you know who the top team of the number one team of the bottom ten is? I do not. The Baltimore Orioles. So Baltimore Orioles are the first team in the bottom ten. So the, those top those teams you're talking about. Baltimore is number one, best to worst. Number one, Baltimore, Cubs, Diamondbacks, Reds, Royals, Tigers, then you have Pirates, and then the last three, Washington, Oakland, and Colorado. So it'll be interesting to see if um, 
the Orioles can actually do what they did last year again. Obviously, the line makers are going to take note of the Orioles, and you're not going to get the good prices that you should be getting because they they know that people are going to be gunning to bet the Orioles out of the gate because uh, it's very rare that you have a team that's that powerful as the Orioles were last year on the dog side. Randy, what's happening, buddy? What's up, man? Can you hear me? Me and Mike, we're talking. We think it's time to reschedule the shot. So that way you're in the, in the studio with us. Um, so let what tell us about your war stories, your March Madness, before we get into Thursday's games. Anything you want to ten, ten, I know you're a you're a much more aggressive player than I am. Any any war stories you want to give out? You know, so that people can uh, relate. I mean, if, if if you listen to last week when um, I was talking about Purdue being the only one viable, you know, real number true number one, based off of Zach Eady, I mean, it just speaks volumes because. They didn't use Zach Eady in the game, and look what happened. They lost. So, luckily, you know, like I said last week, they were the only bracket I had Purdue. So, um, you know, that was just, you know, it, it's been, like I said last week, and I won't repeat that again, but it, this has been the wackiest tournament I have ever seen. Um, you know, anybody that's on the plus side right now is, is you know, jumping for joy because, this is a Vegas dream um, year kind of thing because you know it's I I haven't seen you know I haven't seen a tournament like this in a while so it's been a it's been a roller coaster but um, it's been a lot of fun for sure man there's been some I'll tell you some of the best some of the best games I've watched are NIT I mean these kids these kids are battling that North Texas Oklahoma State game last night was unbelievable um, you know I got North Texas winning the whole thing now um, after beating Oklahoma State and. These kids have something to prove, you know. I mean, they got a chip on their shoulder. They knew they weren't going to win the, the the big show, and you know, this is their this is their time to shine, you know, and get noticed. And uh, you know, they they went they went head to head with Oak State, took them into OT, and crushed them. So, Are you a, a typical that. gambler? Where before I knew you, you just didn't bet baseball, like most of the guys that are our clients. We have to groom them in the betting baseball because they don't like it and they're not fans of it or were you always a baseball better um not really i mean uh i kind of shied away just because i like to give my um blood pressure a rest for a little while but um just dibble and dabble in here and there you know just because uh you know the, the orioles have been so bad for so long that they were my team and they just some of the decisions that they made and some of the acquisitions that they made, the, you know, huge contracts with the Chris Davis and the just terrible moves and judgments from the front office. Really, you know, I'm, I'm not a fair weather fan whatsoever. It's just, you know, I'm not going to go like another team. I'm just going to kind of avoid watching, you know, until they get their, you know, what together. But, um, it, it, it just, it just get, you know, I'm obviously going to take my kids to the ballpark and watch a game here and there, but I'm not going to be sitting on, on every game, but there is hope now, you know, and, um, I don't know what you guys were saying earlier in the show, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing from these younger guys. And, uh, well, and I think the Orioles have a really good shot. Were you aware that they were the most profitable team in baseball last year from a betting perspective, or did you not know that? I, I did not know that. 
So they were, if you bet $100 on every game and the Orioles were 83 and 79, you were up $2,500 last year. So literally they broke the, they broke the bank for bookmakers, meaning the only team where you could constantly cash was the Orioles. And if you were like a professional sharp, you were just basically betting the Orioles every day blindly because uh, they were always dogs. So 83 and right. 79, big, as a dog, you just kill it. So that, and there was no team that even came close monetarily in success. Uh, not, literally, the next best team was like plus 1,100. So that just goes to show you how playing the dog side is the only side. But I don't want to repeat myself. We have weeks and weeks of baseball to discuss. Going into tomorrow's uh, Sweet 16, you got any uh, niblets for the people? Well, as as I've said many, many times, I'm focused on today, and I won't even look at a game until tomorrow morning when I get in the office. Um, I'm focused on today, just like I was focused on, you know, on uh, on yesterday, um, yesterday morning, and um, I had I had a really big hit, and um, you know, I kind of thought that in the NIT, I kind of thought that the guys that didn't want to be there had weeded themselves out, you know, like the, the, um, when I said, who, who was it? Oregon. I thought the Oregon's and, um, I mean, the biggest shock I'm seeing on this lot, these lines today is, I mean, you got a team that I probably 85 or 90 out of a hundred people you ask, haven't heard of, you got Utah Valley as favorites against the Cincinnati Bearcats tonight. And that with no injuries on the Cincinnati side, so all in the line adjusted, it was them minus one and a half, and it's gone. It's moved a full swing to them to Cincinnati getting a point and a half. So obviously, all the money is on Utah Valley. So um, that's a very very interesting thing that I'm keeping a very close eye on because I really feel like Cincinnati is going to see that line and they're going to take it personal, but um, not give too much away. But um, you know the uh, my, my pick last night, where uh, where I gave out to everyone was um, Eastern Kentucky. You know they're my squad, and um, I had them plus the four and a half and the money line. Um, you know I also had Oregon, and uh, you know they lost to Wisconsin. I had them light, but I've been telling everybody. I've been telling all my customers. You know um, everybody that's listening, that's you know taking my advice. You know it's I. I Message everybody the exact same thing. Go, you know, go moderate on these NIT games because, you know, it's, it's, uh, for now because wacky things can happen. But when I say, you know, when I have money line in my quotations, you know, that's when, that's when you go pretty hard. And, uh, I got a lot of texts last night at, after the second overtime and my blood pressure probably at emergency room levels. Um, a lot of strong arm texts, you know, a lot of, Wow, text, you know, my phone was just blowing up, bing, 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 after the second overtime, and uh, it was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, they pulled it out um, by two in, uh, in the second overtime, so it was, a, it was a good call, and it was very profitable for myself and a lot of people. Well, so you, regarding Randy, line, regarding line, well, real quick, regarding line moves, every game today opened that opened as a favorite is now as a dog. Eastern Kentucky opened at minus four and a half. They are now plus five and a half, a nine and a half, 10 point move. Um, UAB, um, excuse me, Vanderbilt opened at 
as a, uh, I'm sorry, UAB opened as a one and a half point favorite. They are now a one and a half point dog, a three point move. And then, as you said, Cincinnati opened as a one and a half point uh, favorite and now are a uh, one and a half point dog. What that tells me is that there's nothing fishy about that Cincinnati game. It's that, that the betting syndicates, pro money is moving these lines because pro money is involved in the NIT much more than the public. And every line that was put out initially was too soft. The betting syndicates came. They hammered the other way, and they pushed the lines. Because especially the Eastern Kentucky line, you very rarely see in a uh, marquee matchup a minus four and a half go to plus five and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, if if um, it's just such a mismatch game, I don't. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, Utah Valley's good." Okay, you know what? Look. It's Utah Valley, for God's sake, okay? They might be good for their conference. But if Cincinnati loses this game tonight, a lot of people are getting paid. That You know, a lot of people are getting money. A lot of people are getting paid off because there is no world that we live in where Cincinnati goes head-to-head where no cheating is going on and they lose that game or or don't win that game by 20 points plus. There's no world that we live in. It's Utah Valley. So uh, that, that to me is just, you know, in itself saying, screaming to put everything I own, including my firstborn on Utah Valley, because obviously everybody's trying to get everybody on the opposite side. I, I just, it's just so, it's so, it's so mind-boggling to me. I've been watching it for two days, and I just don't understand it. But I, I could see if, like, maybe two of, two of Cincinnati's best players were out. They're not. You know, but it's just um, one of those games where I just I don't understand the spread, and I'm you know I'm not going to try to. I'm just gonna you know when after I uh, once I get in there, I'm just gonna you know kind of put myself on mute for a second and just try to figure out you know exactly which direction, if any direction. I might just I might just let it go because I got I got a couple other games of mine hard, and um, it has nothing to do with Cincinnati and Utah Valley. I might just let that go. Um, but because it's just, you just don't know, I mean, what you're going to get, but it's, just, it was just shot. Like before in my life, but that's 2023 and that's the tournament that's been happening. You know, it's just been the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads. So I guess, with, uh, I'll tell you what. I, no, I, it's, uh, it's been a good tournament. It's been a good month. Um, seeing the, I'm actually looking, I, I was, Going over, I wanted to get your opinion on the Charlotte Eastern Kentucky. Obviously, we were on Eastern Kentucky yesterday. They pulled it out in double overtime. This is a very unique tournament where they play back to back to back to back. I mean, looking at it from the Eastern Kentucky side, they go to two overtimes. The players are not rested. They've now played four days in a row. I mean, that's got to play a toll on them to play that late. I don't care how much of a prolific college athlete you are. At some point, you wear down. And to play these games in back-to-back-to-back-to-back, unlike anything I've ever seen before. I always thought before, even with the NIT, they have days in between. But with, with the CBI, they don't. Eastern Kentucky coming off a thriller could be a big letdown spot. Again, I'm not making a play on the game. I'm just I wanted to get your opinion on that matchup and what you thought of it. Well, my opinion is this. I mean, when I was 18 and 19 years old, we used to play hardcore basketball, full court basketball 
from sunup to sundown. These are kids. These guys were, these guys have so much stamina. And at some point, the adrenaline's going to take over. I'm not looking at that whatsoever. I mean, but what I am looking at, you know, both teams have covered three games in a row. Um, so there's really no handicapping standpoint there. Um, Charlotte is obviously the better team, you know, so I, I think it's, what, what is it still five and a half? Charlotte minus five and a half? It is. It is. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, that's my opinion on that game. I wouldn't too, put too much into, um, the, <laughs> I wouldn't put too much into the conditioning factor. I mean, these, these are kids, man. These, these guys are, these guys aren't tired. They're so, they're so motivated right now. You know, they, they, this is their, this is their, some of these guys, this is their last shot, you know, to be noticed, to be drafted into the NBA. I mean, people are watching these games now, you know, and before, you know, they really weren't, but it, it's, um, I've, I've literally watched better NIT games this year overall. And even though, I mean, there's been some really, really good, 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 um, big tournament games, but, um, there's been some unbelievable, unbelievable, um, and a lot of people don't even know about them. So, like, you on FanDuel, they, like, pick and choose which NIT game you can bet. It's crazy. Like, and um, it, I was looking at that last night, and I'm, like, going to put a play, and I couldn't even find the damn game. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then you got to go on another site to do it. But, um, yeah, just to go back, just to finish the question, I don't think conditioning is going to play a role. I think it's going to come down to just talent. Charlotte's in that conference with UAB and a, a bunch of other bigger names. Um, you know, they're not obviously on the – level of the you know uh, of the Purdue's and the everybody else the, the Xavier's and all that but you know they they are they've been consistently playing good teams um all year and I think from a talent standpoint you know I, I think I think Charlotte takes it now I think I think Eastern Kentucky they're not going away man they're scrappers they're scrappers and they're clutch um I couldn't believe when I saw last night that they were up four and they decided to foul when the guy was just taking an errant three point shot and he made all, that's why they went into the first overtime. And I'm, I'm like looking at it on my phone because, you know, the kids were still watching cartoons and I, and I see the guy shooting free, three free throws with six seconds left. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So, um, but yeah, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be anything uh, to worry about if you're looking at it from a, from a standpoint of, I think they, I don't think they played. I, I think they only played. What did they play? Two or three straight because they were they were off for a couple of days, and then um and then they played. I believe I believe th- two two straight, and they had a couple of days. I don't know what it was, but I got to look back into it. But uh, yeah, that double overtime. I mean, it's it's something to consider, but I don't think it's going to matter, man. These guys, it's it's only five minutes each overtime, you know, so. Uh, 18, 18, 19 year old kids, they, they got, and the way they're built these days, and I mean, the, the conditioning coaches that they have, I mean, this is nothing for them, man. They'll be primed and ready to go. No, it just, it's a different philosophy because we're, listen, we have, because of the, the business model that John and myself have, which is we find, we audition different betting groups, guys that are, you don't even have to be a professional better. You're not a trader, Randy, by any means. You sit there and you handicap these games manually. And I've seen your actual profits in your personal accounts, and I believe in it. So it's just a different style because we have guys that come on the show that are non-emotional. They just sit there. They don't watch games. They play numbers. They play a gazillion games, and they find a market edge. That's not your style. 
So the advantage that you have is you're a rogue warrior that has your own system that is profitable. And I've seen it for a long time now, and it's a completely different philosophy. So it just, to me, it's fascinating because I love having different people on the show. Like John had Troy on weeks ago. We had Big Al from Georgia on for that just does college football, and he gave us a whole ball breakdown. Everybody's different, but this is not a type of business where it's one-dimensional. Everybody that puts in the work, I believe, can have a productive product. If you don't put in the work and you're just claiming to be a a 20-minute-a-day capper that is going to produce results, you're not. You're going to lose. I mean, I see the work that you've done in the past where literally it's hours upon work of you actually getting to the bottom line that starts days ahead of time and you monitor the stuff and, and to you it's, it's profitable. So I never look down upon people because they don't know the style of trading that I believe has made me money. So I look at it as a, look, there's different ways to skin a cat. There's different opportunities for you to be able to, to you know, captivate this market. And, and you were, you figured out firsthand in the last couple of weeks because of your profits that these legal books limit you. And you're like, how you, you've never experienced it before. And I told you about this in the past that it's happened to me. It's happened to D mill. It's happened to John. It's like, these books don't play fair. And, you want to get down on a price on a game? I mean, I was able to. I was able to get down yesterday. I tried to make a play. I, I tried to I'm make a play. Not talking about yesterday. For... I'm saying overall, where they come back and they do the rebuttal. You saw what I've been oh, putting in. Best. Yeah, they they oh, gave me the rebuttal. It's 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 ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. They they all I'll they say literally... is this for the listeners out there. It ain't that easy when you win. Everybody who this is what I'm going to say, and I don't like to talk. Uh, I'm not a Schadenfreude guy. I don't like to talk about, you know, other people. But I will say this: if you go online and you look on Twitter and you look on Instagram and you see these guys posting these million dollar parlays and sixty thousand dollar bets, understand they're negative in their account or they'll get cut off. Literally, I had an account because I have many accounts. I was down with a certain strategy. I got back to even Mike, even figured I'm safe. Go to make a play yesterday for 3000. The thing spins. It comes back. It goes, you've been approved to make an $82 wager. <laughs> so I did all that for even, then I'm basically done. They won't close your account. They just give you an $82 wager and good, good luck to you. So, you know, I'm not going to get into the specifics on there. It's uh, you know, private syndicate. You know stuff, what, but you know what they don't limit you on? They don't limit you on parlays ever. You want to put in a $10,000 parlay, six leg, go ahead. It's like, they know what's the losing Crazy. angle on the sites. They limit you on stuff that they know they can get beat on. It's the same thing like the casino. When they see that you're a card counter, it's not illegal to count cards. We have a couple guys in our syndicate that were card counters. Uh, we had, uh, we had uh, Don Johnson on the show a month ago, and he gave us the, the inside scoop to the Phil Ivey situation. Phil Ivey went to them in England and said, 
and gave him demands, and they, they gave him those demands. He wanted the type of cards, he wanted the type of game, and he wanted, he basically predetermined his scenario of what he wanted. They gave him everything. He comes there, he beats them, and then they come back and said he was cheating. And now there's a lawsuit, and he's going to win that lawsuit. But it's just funny how these sports books and these casinos claim to be fair, but when it comes down to it and you have an edge, they don't want that. They want those 99 percentile losing betters that are hammering 50 different games a day from their phones with no actual strategies involved, and that's the recreational better that they want. They don't want the sharp coming in and betting sharp numbers. They don't want the sharp coming in and coming in on games where the other side is on with the public. They don't want that. And it's, it's, I think it's a flawed business model for them because eventually those smaller recreational betters are going to burn out and where the big volume of the sharp money that is going to consistently give them actual revenue, they don't want that. And eventually, all those promotional guys, all these – I, I, I will tell you right now, in three to four years, maybe five to six years, you're going to see a consolidation of the sports books, and it's only going to be one or two big ones. All these little ones that are giving away these free promotions time after time after time, they're not going to sustain a business model because it's too saturated at the moment, and it's going to become more saturated – as time goes on, and you're going to see a lot of those big, big time books like DK and FanDuel that also offer the fantasy side. They're just going to swallow up all these smaller books because without the actual sports book, brick and mortar, where they're getting actual revenue coming in to play the other stuff at the actual casino, just the standalone sports book, they're they're not going to sustain because all the small betters they burn out. I mean, I know a hundred people that are recreational betters since they opened up um, two, two and a half months ago, they're like, we're done. I can't win. And they might come back for football, but they're not going to have a returning client 365 days a year. People just can't sustain betting with nothing. And so uh, you'll see it shift. That's my prediction five, six years from now. Well, you also got to look at what we talked about last week too, and that's why it's so important. So even though FanDuel limited me um, on that play I was trying to make that I was telling you about. And it was the most absolutely ridiculous thing. It was insane what they tried to do, considering they've never done this to me before, but I still got the bet in. So you go, you always, you know, that's why I was saying last week, it's very important that you have your FanDuel, you have your DraftKings, you have your Barstool, you have your MGM, you have your Caesars. So, you know, you have a less you know, you have much less chance of getting limited and your number one, a, you take the best line and the best juice that you're going to get out of all of those. And B, you know, your chances of getting limited are a lot less, you know? So that's, if you're, if you're living and dying off one online betting app, you're probably going to die because especially if you're winning, like what we were just saying. So having multiple, um, multiple trustable, you know, trusting, um, trustworthy uh, apps are very is very key. And I found that MGM, which I haven't played in probably two months. Um, I mean, I put I think I had eight dimes on one game, and when I when I cashed it out, or most of it, I just left a little bit in there, so I didn't want to think I was too much of a 
a-hole. You know, I, I literally within an hour and a half, it was in my bank account. And that was faster than DraftKings. And I thought DraftKings was the fastest. So it's very important, you know, to obviously, you know, have multiple um, and, and they gave me a better line, you know, than FanDuel was going to give me in the first place. So I think it was, um, I think it was good. You know, I think it's a good thing to have just multiple things that you can compare to and just keep watching those lines and, and get value because a lot, I can't even tell you, I, I, I'd probably say 85 to 90% of my losses in March. I, you know, I've had one losing day and that was Sunday out of the entire month of March. And I personally, and I'd say that, 85 to 90 percent of my losses have come off of a half of a point or a free throw so finding that value in multiple different sports books is going to be huge because a lot of these games are coming down to a half point and a point and if you can get that you know lower juice an extra half point or an extra point on another sports book by all means even if it's FanDuel and you got to wait four days to get your money so be it you know you're winning so I'd rather, you know, get my money in four days and win than get my money, you know, hypothetically in an hour and lose. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's th- this time of the year for me, it for client base. I tend to really interact with clients a lot more because they have no longer have an opinion on baseball, like basketball to me, there's. 15 games left, something like that. I mean, it could be 20 total games in terms of college basketball. Our NBA model has been profitable all season. David Miller has been at the helm. He's been very successful at at understanding value, and that's his go-to. And he is the king. I mean, when he finds those overnight overnight pricing, lately he's been doing the day of because there's just so much player management – that you kind of don't know who's playing until a few hours before game time. And then a lot of times that's already factored into the spread. But when it comes to baseball, there is literally zero opinion. I'm not getting guys that tell me, oh, I can't believe you're taking this over. I can't believe you're taking this dog. It's just follow the model. There's a reason why we call it the millionaire maker. Uh, John and, and Kenny White did a video. What was it, five or six years ago now, John? No, longer than that. Long. Yeah. It was that, it was when he was still with line makers. So they did the millionaire maker report where you could literally start the season because it's the longest season with the most saturated volume sized handle. You could 10 X your bankroll. We're not sitting there at scalping prices. This is not baseball is the only sport where we get away from that. And we focus strictly on John's dog model only we don't take favorites and predominantly I take overs and that's it. So you're not paying the heavy juice on the losses when Kershaw goes down in flames like he does every, every single season. John literally has a smile on his face when I walk in the office and Kershaw is pitching. I'm fading Kershaw. It's like, just like Dave does with his automatic bets and he follows specific teams and he rides them. You're just getting that really good value, and you don't see these pitchers go 20-0. and 0. There's a reason for that. And so there's a lot of more identifying factors that we believe we have a big edge in baseball that I'm excited about. Um, for, for once, you know, I take the hands-on approach versus hands-off because in these other sports, I, I just I don't have an opinion. 
not that I don't have an opinion. I just don't let my opinion come into play when I have sharps on the on my left hand that are feeding me overnight lines, and I'm just just like the client. I put them into my account, and then I consult clients on how to properly manage risk. Same thing with Randy. When you're giving out games and you have East, Eastern Kentucky and you also have them on the money line, last night I don't question you. I just say I put it in and I move on. But with baseball, I'm completely hands-on. It's my little baby. I've been doing it for many years. I love doing it. It takes time every day. And it, I'm, I feel good about the results because I do the homework going into it. So as we get into the spring and summer, guys, get on board. Don't sit there and pull back. Like There's a saying that in the gambling world, and this is one of my best friends that he makes – He's going to put this on his tombstone. It's called NSF. Never stop firing. You just keep it going. You keep hammering. It's all summer. This is the time to build a substantial bankroll before we get back to football season in the fall. And now with the legalized betting, you know, many years ago, guys weren't able to get overs and dogs because a lot of their books shut down for the summer. Well, now it's not the case. Now with DK, now with FanDuel, MGM, Caesars, BetRivers, PointsBet, all these different apps, you can now shop the line to get the best juice on the over, because predominantly the over is not going to move. It's just certain books are going to give you better juice. And same thing with the dog prices. You could shop the line around and get the best price on that dog. Because once we're in on that dog, we're in. It's, it's The price doesn't matter. If it's off by 10 cents, you're still playing it no matter what because we believe they are going to win outright. So it's a different style. It's not market edge betting. We're not looking for market edges. When it comes to it, we're strictly looking at the outcome. That's baseball only, just to be clear to all the listeners. So I'm excited. This is something that I look forward to every year. Regardless that I'm getting married in June, I'm going to be sitting there the day of my wedding spending my two hours in the lab and making sure that I produce overs for my clients. So for all you that are worried about me going to my honeymoon in July, I'll still be in the lab at St. Kitts in the islands running my model every morning. I already told my fiance, I don't care what she has to say about it. There's two hours every morning that I goes like into it. the Tough lab. Guy. Tough for guy. Tough guy. I like it. I like it. I like it. How are we going to be able to? I can't. Tough guy. I Listen, I'm the only divorced guy way. here on the show. He's a tough guy. You'll be joining me. Anyway. Um. <laughs> hey, real quick. Hey, real quick. I'm just, I'm just surprised that with all that being said, there's like four minutes left in the show and the, the L word hasn't come up yet. So I guess, uh, you know, Costi has finally come around to just letting it go. Because uh, listen, listen, hold on. I got you're right. We got four minutes. San Francisco Forty so Nine. Here's, here's my here's my L the LJ update of the week. He had. Um, <laughs> let me be politically correct about this. The mother Please. of the LJ, not even calling him by his full name anymore, had a representative from the neighborhood contacting teams about his contract. Unfortunately, this representative is not a licensed agent, so none of the teams will actually talk to him. Can you imagine that? No, he did the math. It, it was he did the one thirty three million. He said one one hundred thirty three million divided by three equals potato, 
And then Lamar said, <laughs> all right, well, that's not a good enough contract for me, even though it's the same thing I wanted in the first place. So now that's off the table, and he screwed himself, bottom line. That's my Lamar tidbit. I'm still all in on Lamar, but if he goes, <laughs> he goes. It's a business. I don't blame him for what he he's doing. He literally just said he wants, he wants nothing to do with Baltimore, and you're still all in on him. Listen, I'm a believer. All these guys, it's still at the end of the day, it's a business. I guarantee you, if they signed him today, tomorrow he'd be at practice. He'd be the biggest Baltimore on uh, to ever be a Raven because that's just how it goes. And if he doesn't, he helps out. Him I've seen other- he'd be dumber than Cleveland. That's an opinion. That's why we do the show because everybody has their own opinion. I don't doubt it. It's just my personal preference. I don't. I'm not a. I'm glad I'm not part of the organization because it's not my job to make these hard decisions. Um, I don't think, Mr. Randy, that Mr. Levis will be available for us because I see him now going in the top five, which is crazy. Yes. Unless the Ravens go up and get him now, it's a lot of hype behind him. Everybody wants him. They're saying there might be actually. Four quarterbacks gone in the first five picks, which is insane. Um, so it's going to be really cool. I can't wait. I uh, get back from my bachelor party the following week. We have the NFL draft, which you know the action I have on the draft. I'm still got my fingers crossed about Mr. Richardson going number one overall. I still have a big slot that will definitely be a happy gift after my bachelor party as we go into the summer. But aside from that, it's been another wonderful show. Anybody else? Would you got anything to say to close this out? We have two minutes. Last thing Look. I'll say, Arkansas, pl- Arkansas to win it all, plus 1,200. That's my play. You're That's still riding it. Look, he did say it last week, John. He did say it last I week that Arkansas week, was going to win. And I'm saying it this week. All right. Get the odds well, out, plus 1,200. All I'm going to say is this. If you don't like baseball, you don't like money, and I'm going to stick by that every year I get so – you know, it's funny. All you guys are into football and basketball. I could care less. If it was up to me, I'd just bet baseball. That's it. That's how – I love it. I love baseball. Randy, love you it. haven't seen this yet, but this guy is literally sitting at the pool. The kids are swimming. He's got two laptops up, a phone, and he's literally finding dogs. It, it, this is all summer. Does he still have the, the hat on? Baby. Stop. He's totally obsessed. Is the hat still on? Totally obsessed. No, the hat's, the hat's off still in the summer. No, no, <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> you haven't seen the real hats. He'll, he'll, you'll see him. You'll see him. <laughs> can't, can't wait, guys. Joey so, yeah, like on 1400. We'll be back next week for another edition of Sports Insider Radio.